Welcome to the Cozy Circuit. I'm your co-host, Sarah Jane. First of all, Sarah just introduced this podcast as the Crazy Circuit, and that is not our name. Let's just run it back. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. Welcome back. Or is it really a welcome back? I guess it is a welcome back. We're welcome back, baby. We're hulking back, okay? <laughs> we are now the Cozy Circuit. Ta-da! Today we're going to be talking about the Miami Grand Prix. Strap in, because it's... It's a chaotic one. It's a long one, okay? Sarah just came back from vacation from Florida. Yes, but I was a week off. for the Miami Grand Prix, okay? It's a lot, so please enjoy. Uh, I'm kind of excited. A little bit emotional. Yeah. Because it's our first time recording and we're back. We are. I'm happy, but I just looked at your glasses on your bucket hat, and it just—what's going on there? <laughs> oh, um, what's it, what's this whole thing going on? So we got the uh, Miami Grand Prix bucket hat from last year. The beat the streak. Okay. Uh-huh. So I thought, you know what? Wrap the merch and also try and hide my really bad hat hair. I see we are rocking our Furious Motorsports. We are jerseys. I mean, I would be wearing my Norris one. But um, it's in the wash at the moment. I'm like very excited. That was an exciting race. It was. Not for McLaren fans. <laughs> I'm glad that none of the drivers DNF this time. Yeah, I agree. I uh, mean, <laughs> at least in the race itself. Yeah. Bombastic side eye. Do you have like a specific favorite moment from the race today? Well, there were countless undertakes in that one corner before you head into either the pits or onto the main straight um Mm -hmm. which i was very very happy about do you mean like the hairpin turn or do you mean like that kind of just rounded just before the straight that rounded one just before the little i think that's like turn 19. there are a lot of good overtakes this race well well and i'm really happy about it here we have sarah getting ready i think there's something that we should all know and i think it's very apparent i obviously put a lot more makeup on than sarah does so it takes me a lot longer to get ready for filming than it does for sarah at like lap 47 i was like holy the race is almost over i gotta get ready (laughs) you know what i was the complete opposite i was like oh the race is finished that's it i mean my brother were like "Mm mm-hmm so we were just watching the rest of the coronation concert. It had just finished, and we were just like, "Okay, well, bye." Said bye to my brother and my uh, fion, <laughs> my brother's fiance. Um, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, sh-. no, <laughs> really?" I was like, "We missed a chapter since uh, we just taking a break. We're gonna move on." <laughs> yeah. What was your favorite moment of the race? It was Charles's really, really late undertake on Kevin Magnussen on that. Turn 19. Funny enough, my favorite moment of the race, I promise I am still a Charles Leclerc fan, okay? So I think it's on like lap three. K-Meg overtook Charles Leclerc, right? Then Charles Leclerc retakes the position. And then DRS opens, Max Verstappen and Kevin Magnussen both overtake Charles Leclerc at the same time. And I was like, I can't even be mad. It was such a good race. It was. I mean, it was better than last year's Miami. 
because of like I think last year's Miami was very overhyped so it had to meet a lot of expectations but it didn't because obviously it was a new track there were more accidents that were happening there was fake water you know the whole shebang yeah and then everyone's just like oh we're used to Miami now but as much of a non uh, Red Bull fan I have to say the Max Verstappen double overtake on K-Mac and on Leclerc I was like I was like, he did not. He did not. It's actually funny because I started scripting this moment in my head of when I was going to talk about it on the podcast. I was going to say, I know you're not a Max Verstappen fan, but tell me that wasn't good racing. I mean, I have to say, I have to take my hat off to Max Verstappen this race. Am I going to buy a new jersey? Girl! I'm joking. joking. Okay, but honestly, like, I feel like I could wear a lot of different driver's jerseys. I mean, I'm thinking of investing into another one. I don't want to say I'm a neutral, unbiased fat because that's totally not true. I definitely have my favorites. We all do. And I think that that's what makes it fun is that, like, you know, you cheer on someone other than the other person. And oh, yeah. I think it's fun. However, Furious Motorsports really did set that trend because all the Miami merch were like knockoffs. They were almost knockoffs of Furious Motorsports. Exactly. Like I saw the Ferrari ones and I was like, hold on, I've got that in my wardrobe, but better. Side eye, Puma. (laughs) Side eye. Quite legit. (laughs) I know that Furious Motorsports is like baseball jerseys and um, basketball jerseys. And basketball jerseys, yes. But in the cool down room, did you see their football jerseys were like identical? to what the various motorsports released like weeks ago yeah are they like at least getting paid for having these you know what good for them for getting to go to the race though oh yeah 100 maybe that's the reason why they went because they were like oh yeah we're gonna rep the merch they wore all of the shirts that they have like on the website because obviously they're the owners they were like oh yeah we're just gonna rep every single shirt we have i'm gonna wear just the other jersey <laughs> Honestly, though, genuinely, I am debating on making another jersey purchase because, like, I can't just be wearing Lance Stroll for the rest of the year. He did pretty well, in my opinion. From 18, let me preface this. (laughs) I am a Lance Stroll fan, okay? I am. However, I personally did not think that he was going to get through the middle field at all. I mean... He got into the points, didn't he? Uh, no, he didn't. However, he started on hards and did a very, very late pit stop. I yeah. can't remember what lap it was on. Honestly, I didn't write it down because I honestly didn't have hope that he was even going to make it back from like, he. Yeah. I think he got into like P16, P17 when he came out yeah. of the pits. P16, P17. He was fighting yeah. Lando Norris. Lando did not stand a chance, unfortunately, out of the pit. I thought yeah. that he I was going to stay well. behind. He did. I thought that he was going to stay like relatively close to the bottom of the grid because he did a very late pit stop after everyone. Yeah. And then two, the back of the grid was like set apart by like lots of seconds. Mm. The fact that he had the pace, had the opportunity to overtake and executed those yeah. opportunities, I'm surprised he even caught up to Yuki because by the time that the race finished and Max passed the finish line, I want to say that Lance was like maybe eight tenths of a second behind Yuki. So yeah. he went from like five seconds behind Yuki to eight tenths. Honestly, he did a really good job starting in P18, working all the way back up to the points and then fighting all the way back up to P12. I mean, I was hella proud of them. Like, I was proud of all all of them like they all fought really hard some of them may have got the positions that they didn't expect to have in terms of how sergeant stayed at the 
back of the pack the whole entire race, basically. Which was a bit sad, because I was like, I'm very disappointed. And I wrote this in the group chat. I put, what the fuck is happening to Logan Sargent? Like, why is he so okay. far behind? One of our friends responded and said, oh, it's because he did a pit stop to change his front wing. I'm like, that was at the beginning of the race. We are at the end of the race. And he yeah. was like, he had all that time. The gap at the time that I had made those comments, he was 22 seconds behind P19. But my first thought was, where is the pace? I know that Williams doesn't have the fastest car, but at the time, like Alex Albon was like still very much fighting with the mix of everyone. Logan was 22 seconds behind the fight. After that though, the very end of the race though, he was maybe like seven seconds behind. So he definitely gains a lot of pace at the end of the race. But I just wish that he had found it earlier on. Yeah. I mean, like, I felt really sad for him because obviously it's his home race, like his home state race as well. His whole family are basically there to go and watch him, like, absolute dominate. And it just wasn't his day. Yeah. I think it's a bit of a uh, George Russell winner, Williams, at the moment. Like, he still hasn't got points yet in the season. But however, we are four races in and, and we've got 23 races this year. Are we four races in? Five races in. Five races in now. Five races in. But yeah, he still has like some races to like try and catch up to the others. Like, you know, just like 17. Yeah, let's just hope that from now on, then he can maybe pick up the pace and just up his performance because I think he will become like everyone will be really, really proud of him when he starts getting the point. I'm wondering if it's because he's just a rookie in a, I don't want to call it a non competitive car. Yeah, I mean, they are, they are kind of like the mid-pack. I mean, of course they're in the midfield. Alex clearly is able to extract everything he can out of the car, so I don't want to call yeah. it a non-competitive car, yeah. like a yeah. lesser competitive car. Yeah, I have to say, like, DeVries and also Sargent, with them both being rookies, obviously there is another rookie, well... Piastri, DeVries, and Sargent aren't doing as well. Piastri has points, though. Yeah, but that was from a really tricky race, but also a race with a lot of DNFs that happened. At least he has points. Yeah. Um, I mean, no hate towards Piastri. I support him. I support all the rookies because, obviously, they're just beginners. And they're going against, like, all these people who have been racing it. God knows how long. I mean, Fernando Alonso's been racing the longest, and he's been racing for longer than uh, Oscar's been born, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or just as long as Oscar's been alive, so I think that's yeah, a great, uh, exactly. a great like, example. But, like, with Sargent and Albon, with their differences, obviously Albon is, I would say he, yeah, he had the experience of racing in Miami beforehand, so he kind of knows the track, and also he's been racing an F1 since I want to say 2019 because obviously that was when they were doing the rookie season but yeah like he's doing like Sergeant is doing well compared with for for a rookie DeVries obviously he's been in racing for I don't know how long but he isn't performing as well as his teammate Sonoda. Like, Sonoda is an 11th, DeVries is an 18th. Okay, let's back up a little bit because it wasn't that long ago that Yuki was doing questionably exactly i think that with the right mindset and the right training and experience like obviously time will only tell but i think that it comes to them it either comes to you or it doesn't and we've seen that obviously yeah. with drivers sorry to all the drivers who had a stand in formula one and just the team decided that they weren't good enough to keep around <laughs> girl 
I'm just saying that, like, I think there are exceptions. I think that some people have talent and we're in a very shitty situation, like a very poor car. But I think that there are other drivers who showed a lot of potential, but still couldn't extract enough out of the car to perform. We've seen people like Alex Albon, George Russell, Pierre Gasly all Mm. drive in lesser competitive cars and yeah. still make it to the point. So I think that there is hope. There's all so many different variables. Like, I just wonder where yeah. that line is drawn that it's like, okay, like, this is it for me. You know, yeah. like, this is what pushes them over to be a competitive driver. Because I wouldn't consider Logan right now to be a competitive driver. I would consider yeah. Nick DeVries partially competitive because he did, you know, when he was a reserve driver, did win points. Yeah. But that was when Latifi was there. So I wasn't going to to, uh, name names of drivers. I hope he's doing well. Yes, I hope he's got his little Nutella factory in Canada. You and I are the same person because I said that in the group chat. That I hope that he's enjoying all of the Nutella. But the thing is, like, obviously all these drivers, they're all performing so, so well. And there are cars this year who are outperforming their performance from last year, like Alonso in an Aston Martin. Unthinkable, but it happened. He's doing well. It's totally a combination, though, because Fernando Alonso has always been a fantastic driver. We already know that. He's yeah. been racing for 22 years. We know that already. Thanks, Piastri, for letting us know how old you are so we know how, how long Alonso has been in racing. It's refreshing to see him in a highly competitive car. Because the yeah. Aston Martins, while they can't keep up with the Red Bulls, they're clearly outperforming Mercedes, Ferrari a lot more consistently than not. From last season, they have really like bumped up. Like they bumped up their game because obviously last year they made the really big mistake of having a very wide car with very big side pods, which is what I think McLaren has kind of made a clone of from last year's Aston Martin. But yeah, it seems like they've kind of like duplicated the Aston Martin car from last year to a McLaren. I'm like, they thought that they could do well. They should have just stuck with their car, with their car design so they can actually get a lot more points and try and outperform at least like the Alpines, Alfa Tauri, Alfa Romeo, Hats. I'm becoming depressed. I am going to send McLaren my therapy bills pretty soon. <laughs> Let's rewind a little bit because you mentioned Haas. Haas this year is, I wouldn't say obviously the most competitive, but they are doing surprisingly better. It's because Hulkin's back, baby. This is true because K-Mag unfortunately has been outperformed by Hulkenberg quite a few times. I think that had Charles Leclerc not red flagged the qualifying session i think we would have been able to see a more true grid start but yeah congratulations to k-bag for being top four baby (laughs) i mean i'm really proud of how the Haas boys have been doing because from like their previous years they haven't been having the best seasons and then as soon as hulkenberg comes back and because if he's been teammates with magnuson before have they? I thought they were rivals. No, they were rivals. Oh no, they were rivals before, but they still had that kind of like, they're kind of like the same age anyway, so they kind of had like, they kind of push each other anyway from like being previous rivals, so they kind of have that kind of drive, pardon the pun. I'm gonna have to insert the video of K-Mag saying, suck my balls, mate. <laughs> exactly. Once again, most unsportive driver of the Suck my balls, mate. Yeah. He is so fun. Honestly, this whole week has just been funny. It has. Off the track, on the track, like, 
Oh, 100%. <laughs> there was content that I was not expecting. But was I disappointed? Of course not. I'm never disappointed okay. in the content. Speaking of content, an honorable mention to content is the IndyCar drivers. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. I didn't know everyone was a comedian in IndyCar. All of a sudden, maybe it's not all of a sudden and because it's my first year watching IndyCar, yeah. but my first year watching IndyCar... And I'm like, wow, this driver's really good. I'm focusing on their driving because I'm still trying to learn the sport. Yeah. And then I jump on Formula One Twitter and here is Colton Herta and Joseph Newgarden just cracking jokes. I didn't know it was a requirement to be a comedian to be an IndyCar driver. <laughs> they are all very funny. And especially when a little minor inconvenience happened. Like when I think it was either F1 or McLaren mistaken... The, um, it's F1, it yeah, Alex Palou, F1. yes. They mistook Alex Palou for your favourite. Pato. Pato. Yeah. He sends a, like, a tweet, a, I think, was it a Twitter? It's a tweet. I will insert a screenshot here. So it was like on Twitter, he's like, like, at F1, I'm right here, I'm in Mexico, I'm at home. The funniest thing is that I watched everything live. So I watched F1 <laughs> show Alex Pelot, and Alex Pelot is McLaren's reserve driver for this year. He's also yeah. an IndyCar driver. Yeah. However, last year, Pato Award was the reserve driver for McLaren. He did the practice session in Abu Dhabi. He is not a reserve driver this year for McLaren. He is still an IndyCar driver for McLaren, but yeah, he is I not the reserve. Yeah. I think it's because of he has been very, I think he's been more focused on his indie racing than he has with being an actual like reserve driver and stuff. But and honestly, kind of, good for him. Like, yeah. Like he's focusing on his, on his career. Like he's not thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to be like the side person just in case like McLaren need me in F1. He's doing really, really well in IndyCar. Like I'm very proud of him for that. And I'm very proud of all of them actually. And especially in Formula E as well. Like, McLaren FE have been doing extraordinary. Phenomenal. Like, well. Yeah. So hats off to them. I think that Pato is like, I think the best way to describe it, he's in that growth period as a driver of like him mastered his craft. And yeah. I think we see that in a lot of the younger Formula One drivers and, and IndyCar drivers, of course, but they're in that period where they're no longer a rookie. They've yeah. definitely got some wins under their belt. They've got some great experience under their belt, but they haven't experienced it all. You know, like they haven't been racing as long as people like Fernando Alonso, Lewis Hamilton. They haven't been put in certain situations where they know what the best strategy to take is. Yeah. And I think that that goes for teams as well. I think that obviously the teams have a call on strategy. Yeah. The drivers as well have to use their experiences say whether or not that strategy works because we saw that today with Lewis Hamilton where we saw the pit wall saying what the strategy was and Lewis Hamilton fighting back and saying I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. I don't think that this can last that long. We've seen Lewis do this in the past but I think that he truly does have a good handle on certain situations and knowing yeah. how far he can push a car and I think that he was fantastic today. Like, he obviously fought at the lower half of the points. But yeah. we got to see him be a great teammate, which after everything in the whole Brosanis era, it's refreshing to see Lewis be a good teammate, one, but also being the support teammate. And I love to see that. I think that he deserves to be obviously a world champion again. I don't think he's in the car to do it today, unfortunately, but I love seeing the team telling him, you're not fighting George, you need to fight Esteban Ocon. Yeah. And Lewis saying, okay, well, George can go through, but I'm not going to not fight him. That is admirable. One, as a driver who's been driving for a very long time, he has the experience, yeah. he's not- like, He doesn't fuck around. Such <laughs> yeah, and he's not, just, he's not just accepting it. Like, he's not just accepting the team order. 
And I think yeah. we see that with Red Bull a lot, but it's refreshing to see between like Lewis and George. George is starting to prove himself that he can perform at the same level as yeah. Lewis in equal machinery. Obviously, he has a lot to learn from Lewis. Yeah, I think you also see that a lot in like the like very young driver and with a very much older teammate. Like you see that a lot with like Alonso and Stroll because they are they are so like it melts my heart every single time like Alonso's always trying to like he's always on the microphone saying like oh yeah how's how's Lance doing like and it is I'm, like, race at this point and I he, he really is Uncle Fernando Alonso <laughs> oh my god I can't I think we all know at this point I'm obviously an Aston Martin fan I love the dynamics you don't say oh that's not even the Aston part I'm sorry you don't say <laughs> My bad. We're not showing the flag. <laughs> Anyways, I was trying to say it's obviously apparent that I love Ask Martin, but like hmm. I think that I love them so much because yeah. of the team dynamic. A lot of it has to do with Lance's dad owning the team and Lance knowing that whoever comes onto this team, he has to make it work with them. Like yeah. yeah, there's no and I don't think that Lance ever is like, oh, I don't want to work with this driver, but he definitely has a lot to learn from all these world champions coming on yeah. his team. But I, lo I love the relationship between Fernando oh, Alonso yeah. and uh, Lance Stroll. Like it, you also see it with like Bottas and Zoe as well. I haven't seen it. Like I think he it's very rare to actually see it, but I think you do see it in like videos that they have to do and stuff like Bottas is always very, like, comforting towards Zoe. Because obviously Zoe is still quite new-ish to the sport. Obviously he's been in the sport for a second, a second, second year. And Bottas is like, yeah, I've been bumped down from, like, Mercedes to Alfa Romeo, but I'm going to take everything that I have and still support whoever my teammate is. Obviously, like, with him and, him and Hamilton, they, obviously they're still, like, they're kind of still teammates at heart. Like... When they were passing each other today, I think I was like, oh, that's so sweet. It was a very sweet moment to watch the two of them fighting. I mean, obviously it wasn't like a very high place, like a podium or anything, but it warmed my heart to see the two of them getting to fight because I don't yeah. think for a few years, I don't think that they got to do that. Yeah, because obviously you had Hamilton as the like the star of Mercedes and then you just had Bottas who was who everyone loved but weren't showing it as much as they were with Hamilton. I think it's a little disappointing I'm not gonna lie and I hope that uh, I, I don't want to even think so far ahead as to like when Sauber becomes Audi but I hope to see that Valtteri is in a competitive car because I know that he absolutely can do well. Yeah I mean I was actually talking to um, one of our friends good old K-Dog she was asking me like what my <laughs> My opinions were. I'm sorry. <laughs> she was going to absolutely hate that you called her that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, she asked me, oh yeah, like, what do you think about, like, because obviously she hasn't been in the sport that much. She's just started this year. And she's asking me, like, oh yeah, what do you think about, like, the future? Because obviously she's quite into Formula 2 as well. And I just think, well, I think, like, Ollie Beerman, I think he's got a lot of potential for being in Ferrari when maybe signs. I think he might get chosen to be in Audi when they become a full-pledged team. Okay, I didn't watch Formula 2. Did they have a race this weekend? They did it, right? No. He killed it in Baku. Like, mm. what is in his water? Because P1 in every event that He's weekend... He's taking water. <laughs> Who's his water sponsor? I would like to purchase some. <laughs> Same. 
Yeah, like, I'm very proud of what he's accomplished at the age of 17 in Formula 2 when he's going against all these other racers. Some of them are younger than him. Some of them are, like, much more older than him. And I'm like, yo, he's killing the game. Like, in his rookie season. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, he's a rookie. And also, he's going against all these kids who have been in Formula 2 for, like, maybe two years, maybe three. And, like, he's killing it. Like, he got... First in all the practices, he got pole position in qualifying, and then he wins the race. Not just the race, sprint, the feature. What? Don't even. <laughs> Obviously, there were some unfortunate events that happened in Azerbaijan in Formula Two. It was very scary. Oh, yeah. I did not like to watch it, but nah. Oliver Man <laughs> really did pull through, and I think that that made the race for me. So yeah, I think that he is someone to watch. He's definitely one for the books. Like he is top notch. He is great talent. Like he killed the game ultimately when he was in f3 now he's in f2 he's killing the game even more and when he maybe comes to f1 which i hope he does because of all the teams are definitely eyeing up him to be picked to like pick him up and be like yo we want you on your team in f1 he's a part of the ferrari driving academy right yeah so he could go to like ferrari or i want to say alfa romeo but yeah i'm just like going off the teams that uh, Leclerc was in because of he was also in the Ferrari Academy. I just but don't like, think that Sauber is going to pick him up for 2026. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I definitely, I feel like Ferrari is definitely maybe going to like eye him up and be like, "Yo, we want you on the team for like Ferrari." I'm um, hoping so. I know that we're thinking really far out because obviously Carlos and Charles Leclerc they both have contracts out till 2024. Personally, I don't see Ferrari letting go of Charles Leclerc regardless of the mistakes that he's making this year. I yeah. think that he's just having a really tough year, but I don't think that Ferrari is going to let him go. Like, I don't think yeah. he'll cut his contract short but i could be wrong because valtteri was doing very well at mercedes and still got cut it's because of mercedes was thinking okay we're going to pick up the talent from george and they did and he is outperforming hamilton in his second year being with that team and i'm like this is true but i'm wondering if valtteri could have done the same i feel like he could have i think it's possible but it's hard to say now because obviously valtteri and uh, lewis were in a very good car they're no longer in in that great of a car but the pace just wasn't there for mercedes today yeah but the thing is i think that Russell has more drive than Bottas did because obviously Russell was very used to driving like a very like midfield performing car through his career in F1 and then he finally gets picked up by the big dogs in you know in Mercedes and I'm like finally he's got the chance he's gonna fight for it which he is and he's outperforming his teammate who is a seven-time world champion and like when he got his win last year in Brazil, I was I was over the moon. Not just because I'm British, but also because of like I was just happy for him because of, obviously I saw how much it was defeating him when he was in a Williams, and then he finally gets the chance and he wins that race, and I'm like, I'm happy for him. You know like, that George isn't my favorite driver on the grid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not my favorite to watch. Like, I think I get very frustrated <laughs> watching him race. I think that your love for him being British helps with that frustration. Uh, yeah. Like, you obviously don't get frustrated like I do because you, like, he's one of your favorite drivers. So it masks you a little bit from the pain, 
yeah. like as someone who he's not my favorite driver like i don't hate like he's not my least favorite driver by any means and i love to see him in formula one but there's something i don't know what it is i'm sure i will think of it later but like Do no, no, I am. I'm sure I'm going to think of the actual reason why I don't like watching him race or why it frustrates me so much. But um, yeah, I think it's because of when he's in the car, he can be a bit cocky sometimes. I'm not going to lie. He is a bit cocky when he's in the car. I think that he's just involved in so many incidents that maybe aren't necessarily within his control, but he's just always involved that I'm just like, why? Why? It's like that scene from Harry Potter when <laughs> Professor McGonagall is like, why is it that it's always you three? Why is it that it's always George Russell? Yes! Ugh! I'm like... <laughs> He's a fantastic racer. Do not get me wrong. I think that George is a fantastic driver. I think he's very skilled, very well-deserving. But there's something about him that I'm like, why, George? Why did you do that? Why were you involved? He's definitely a bit of a uh, Mr. Finnegan in <laughs> in Harry Potter. He's always up for the explosion. <laughs> but yeah. He's Harry Potter. <laughs> no. Harry Potter is Charles Leclerc. He is the main character. He dresses how he wants, but does he look good all the time? Questionable. But we're not here about fashion. <laughs> I disagree. I think that Lewis Hamilton's the main character. Yeah. 100%. He looked like he was wearing a cloak when he walked in today. Not my favorite outfit from Lewis Hamilton. He is a fashion king, I know, but uh, that outfit today, I was like, that's a choice. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw it on the group chat. <laughs> oh, I saw it. I saw it. I know what you're talking about. What the hell was that? The amount of sparkles reminded me of Lil Nas X at the Met Gala this year. And was I disappointed in my choice of words and my choice of thought? No, not at all. I am, I will be putting up a picture. It kind of does sparkle like that troll in Trolls. I'm sorry if you're listening to this on Spotify, but if you watch this on YouTube, I am putting up reference photos of what we are discussing. I promise. With enough one, I won't talk about fashion that much. But I will when it comes to atrocious outfits. Like, what the hell was Charles Leclerc's pants today? Exactly. Why did he go for all red? Like, he went for the red Ferrari shirt. That's his his lucky pants. But the shoes, he could have gone for white shoes. But did he? No, he went for, oh, I'm going to go for red to go with the whole outfit. Maybe that's his Ferrari shoes. Like, Ferrari Puma shoes. I don't think they were. I think they were just full, like, red Nikes or something that he got from, like, Sports Direct. But then what are those other pants? Those, like, tie-dye looking pants? Oh, I actually like those. I don't know why. I don't like them with the blue shirt. Yeah, they kind of crashed. I am by no means a fashionista, okay? No fashion experts here. However, what was what was that i mean i can question about the fashion choices of all of the drivers this weekend like you had some of them that slayed and some of them was just like no that could have stayed at home like not gonna lie i have to say yuki slayed that little outfit that he pulled off like yuki was was a vibe slay (laughs) like when it comes to repping merch yuki always knows how to like pair the outfits perfectly two of Tea. Did you know that Yuki has a YouTube channel? I did. I follow it. It's called YukiTube. <laughs> I saw it yesterday, like 
Actually, it was this morning. I'm not gonna lie. I was up till 3 a.m. this morning. I found it because I was trying to watch the video of Yuki and Daniel Ricardo on the little Red Bull mini boats, and the recommended video was Yuki Tube, and I was like, Yuki Tube, Yuki Tube. <laughs> I was like, subscribe. We posted this this like the day in his life, and it was from I think it was from Saudi Arabia, and uh-huh. he was with his. PR, no, his PT, sorry. Can you share what PT is for people who don't know what PT um, is? PT means personal trainer. I'm glad I asked you that because I was going to say that it was physical trainer. So personal trainer is like your own like personal gym person, your gym buddy, basically. So can we say that Michael is his performance coach? Would that be considered the same as a basically. personal trainer? Yeah, you've got a performance coach, which will do a few more things than what a PT does. But like, because obviously with a with a personal coach, a uh, performance coach, sorry, they will do things like they will do the massaging, like relaxing the mus- like the muscles and stuff. Does the performance coaches not do that? I thought that the performance coaches did do that. Or is it that performance coaches can be both the performance coach and the physical trainer? Yeah. So they also help with like doing reaction times as well. So they will like, so you know how when the drivers are like training out their necks and stuff, they'll be the one that will be pulling on their necks with that head gear they're basically their personal trainer just to like basically train up the driver for their upcoming races and just helping them perform even more better than they will be than last time but yeah so yuki's first video that he posted oh my god it was my favorite because obviously he like me is a taurus so he hates exercise just as much as i do (laughs) you'd rather sleep in or eat food than exercise. But yeah, like he, oh, I just love him. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes trying to find like, do I have a favorite moment in Miami? I just have to say it was the, it was the little speedboats. Cause I love how they made that comment. Oh yeah, they're Yuki size. And then even Yuki made that comment. Like I was, I was like, that's such a Yuki thing to do. Like we, us Tauruses love to make, like make fun of our own like issues. Cause obviously, I'm not the tallest person in my family at all. I'm literally the shortest. I don't know how many centimeters I am shorter than you, but like Sarah says this as, as if I'm not five inches shorter than her. I'm like an entire foot shorter than her brother. Foot in something. So my oldest brother is 6'11". Sorry, almost two feet. <laughs> yeah, basically almost two, two feet taller than Kim. I'm going to put a little reference photo. <laughs> I keep saying that I'm going to make content like every time we go out and like, take the Ferrari out never happen. <laughs> Every single time I get in that car, I get so lazy to make any content. Oh, same. Sometimes it even slips my mind. I'm like, wait, I was supposed to make content today. It was the same with me, with, me, with being at um, Disney and Universal whilst I was on holiday, because I completely forgot to make like a TikTok where it's supposed to be with the sound. Oh, something's wrong with my legs. And I go like this, and I go like this, and I end up at the liquor store. And it's supposed to like pan up to like the Disney castle, but I completely forgot to make it. So my little microphones came in the mail. Yes. My favorite thing. So I plan on making content. I do. I promise. I want to say I post more of the car stuff like on my Instagram, but I don't post anything on Instagram at all. Yeah. She really doesn't. I I know from experience because I am her best friend on Instagram. It's like she has my post notifications on because she sees everything. 
<laughs> okay. Like, no she, she really doesn't. She she does. I'm just making a joke. I ha- really post more on TikTok than I do uh, on Instagram. So yeah. I see when you, you like something from like Pato though. I'm like, funny enough, I really don't have post notifications on for Pato. I do for like all the Formula One drivers, so I'm up to date on the most current news. I, I don't even have that. <laughs> I'm just always I, ha- well, I have to do it because I'm so far behind uh, in time zones. They post it when I'm sleeping, obviously. When I wake up at like four o'clock in the morning, like hours have passed since they posted already, and I I'm never gonna see it. It's never gonna pop up on my feed <laughs> in that order. So I have to set notifications so I can see like what news came out yeah it's rough being so far apart we just love time zones i have to ask sarah like once a month what time it is where she is exactly even though i have the world clocks on my phone on my world clock right i actually have your clock on it so i know like so say if i was going to send you a text or something i would look at it just to be like will she be awake oh yeah she will sarah and our other friend always look at the clock before they text however my phone is on do not disturb like 98 percent of the time and the other two percent of the time that it's not on do not disturb is what i'm talking to them they think they're gonna bother me but i'm not even gonna hear the notification we've gone so far off on a tangent that i have no idea where we are i mean we could talk about the starting grid and the finishing grid okay so why don't you tell us what the uh the starting grid was and where they ended on the grid yeah okay and yes i do have notes everyone about the whole entire race mine's on my phone because i literally cannot write fast enough neither can i but i'm that's what that's what fast forward and rewinding is for the thing is that i paused the race live so many times that i'm like Sarah's gonna finish the race before me. We gotta speed the f*** up. So then at the very end, like during the podium is when I speed up so that I can watch. I was still kind of late today to recording, but it works out because you didn't respond to me until I was done. I mean, it's because I had my family over. And also we're watching the coronation, the the coronation concert. Congratulations to King Charles for becoming the actual coronated king, Charles III of England. Not to be mistaken by uh, Charles Leclerc, Lord Percival. Our favourite is Lord Percival, though. That is our King Charles. We say uh, in Lord Percival we trust. Uh, However, I did not trust him today. Father, Son and Lord Percival, please. Next time, next race, please help Charles. That's a lot. You're asking for a lot there, girl. (laughs) Lord, please listen to me. (laughs) You are asking for a lot, girl. I beg for Charles Leclerc. Carlos Sainz and us the papaya boys to be doing well. Thank you. Now you're asking for like way too much. When I I have to ask, I will ask for it. I will not f*** around. Why don't you read us the starting grid and where each person ended on the grid at the end of the race? (laughs) Thank you, thank you. So, the starting grid of the Miami Grand Prix this weekend. So we had Sergio Perez, who finished in second. We had Fernando Alonso, who started in second. Finished in third. Carlos Sainz Jr. started in third, ended in fifth. Kevin Magnussen, who started in fourth, ended in tenth. Pierre Gasly in fifth, all the way down to eighth. George Russell from sixth to fourth. So he bumped up those, bumped up the hat, didn't he? Good on you, Russell. We love you. Well, I do at least. Um, <laughs> I don't hate him. I don't hate George Russell. I just he's not my favorite driver, okay? My heart beats for the for the British drivers. It really does. She's not joking. It really does. Charles Leclerc started in seventh, ended in 
Seventh. He really saved himself there, honestly. <laughs> he really did. Um, Esty Bestie, Esteban Ocon. In eighth, two, ninth. So he only went down one place. Um, not much to cry about if you're an Esty Bestie fan. <laughs> Max Verstappen, all the way from ninth to first. So congratulations, Max Verstappen, for becoming, from going from ninth to first within 15 laps. Good on you. I guess. <laughs> Not Sarah's favorite driver. Sorry. It's because. <laughs> and then we had Valtteri Bottas starting in 10th all the way to 13th. So sad times for Bottas, but we'll recover. We'll recover, Valtteri Bottas fans. Uh, Alex Albon, our favorite golf head this weekend, um, from 11th to 14th. <laughs> no comment. No um, comment. Love you, Alex. Yep. Nico Hukenberg from 12th. <laughs> All the way to 15th. Or shall I go with the uh, Daniel Ricardo? Nico Hukenberg. <laughs> he went from 12th all the way to 15th today we'll say again if you're a Nico Hulkenberg fan Daniel Ricciardo I know you're listening Lewis Hamilton started from 13th and ended in 6th Zoe Guanyu started from 14th ended in 16th only two places down inserted here comment down my face um (laughs) I feel like there's no air in this room and there's like just gas. This is why the Cozy Circuit is the best podcast to listen to and watch. Because we are chaotic as f I hope you're also sitting on your couch and enjoying this chat that we're having. I'm not sitting on the couch, obviously, I'm in my office. <laughs> I'm sitting on, sitting on my should be a couch chair. But it is not, because I moved it from downstairs to my bedroom, which was a pain in the ass. Anyways, moving on. So we have Mr. Nick DeVries, or Debris, in everyone's faces, minds. Uh, started from 15th, ended in 18th. Better than 20th, because he was in 20th for a little bit. This next one pains me. Lando Norris from 16th to 17th. I'm crying on the inside, by the way, because I cannot cry right now because I don't want my mascara to run. Um, we have Mr. Yukos Sonodos from... Why did you say his name? <laughs> I'm sorry, hold on. We have Mr. Yuki Sonoda, or Yuki Tube Sonoda, from 17th to 11th. So good on you, Sonoda. I'm happy for you, hun. And then we have Lance Stroll... From 18th to 12th, so good on you, Lance. We're so proud of you. Then we have Oscar Pastry, Oscar Piastri, <laughs> from 19th, staying in 19th. And the same with Logan Sargent, the home racer of today. Yeah, it's a sad day for people who really do support the, uh, the rookies. It's a hard day if you're a Ferrari fan. It's a hard day if you're a McLaren fan. If you're a Mercedes fan. If you're anything but a Red Bull fan. 
I am a fan of every single one of those teams that you just mentioned until Bethel. Sarah and I think the same on a lot of different situations, okay? A lot. Literally almost everything. <laughs> yeah, <don't> except, <laughs> except when it comes to which teams we like and which drivers we like more than other drivers. Okay. I mean, I'm going to put it out there. Red Bull is not my favorite team. I do support all of the teams. I do support Red Bull. I do see how talented they are. But I do not I do not prefer Red Bull over the other teams. This is our first episode being back. Since this is our first episode back is Cozy Circuit, why don't you I guess you can start with like your favorite team, favorite drivers. Well, girl, what is happening on that side of the couch? Well, on this side of the... She is racing <laughs> On this side of the, uh, of Earth, and here in the UK, is me, Sarah. Hi. I am 21 years old. I am a fan of said team, Ferrari, McLaren, and also Mercedes. I have a few favourite drivers. Well, all of them are, are my favourite drivers. I'm not going to lie. Um, my favourite duo that has ever been in Formula 1, Carlos and Lando. I love of course, I love Carl Lando. I just love them. Which you will see, my admiration will be seen through other episodes. So stay tuned. Um, I am a Disney adult. I am an auntie of two lovely kids. One nephew, one niece. What more is there else to say? I'm a weird. <laughs> I'm also an animal care kid. Enthusiast. Yes, I love animals. I don't know what to, I don't know what to, else to call it. You're an animal. I am an animal enthusiast. I know a lot about animals, not all facts about animals, but I will give the odd occasion of animal facts. I may ask you this on every podcast, but can you give us a, a daily animal fact for today? Oh, of course. Well, where to start? Yes, well, to tell the difference between a llama and an alpaca. Llamas are smaller and also fluffier. And they are more easy to warm up to. Alpacas, on the other hand, are taller. They're more short-haired. Um, and they are more hard to get on with. I say from experience because of at college, when I did animal management, there was a llama who is now sadly in the heavens above. Very, very recently she uh, passed away. I, I love you, Martha. But yeah, she she wasn't, she didn't favour me, so to say, because she didn't like people who were short and also female. But you get more personalities out of alpacas than you do with llamas. So we've got misogynistic Martha. Anyways, let's move on. Was that your fact of the day? Yeah. Great. Okay. I feel like I have to explain it in such way okay go for it ferrari is my ultimate favorite team yes, because you have one of their cars this is true <laughs> i will always support ferrari i will always hope well for them do i think that they will always be on top no i don't think any team will stay on top for uh forever uh, i think that every team will have their years of success and when it's not Tears. Um, second favorite team is McLaren. 
Yeah, it is. A moment of silence for McLaren fans. <laughs> yes, please do check up for your Ferrari, McLaren, and Mercedes friends, fans. We are in dire help and need of having some ice cream. Sometimes I question McLaren because I think that they make a lot of questionable choices. Specifically within the last year, we've seen you don't say them letting. Okay, like this was obviously letting go Daniel Ricciardo. Um, you know, signing on Oscar Piastri. I don't think that signing him on was a mistake. Oscar has earned his position in Formula One. They could have done it in a better manner, though. I agree that the execution was poor. And honestly, this year they just built a really car. Like, it's just a car. There's nothing else really to say about it. I think that Daniel would not have been able to do better than Lando and Oscar in this car. I think that he would still be fighting at the back of the pack for it. And that's just the car. Uh, I think that it has nothing to do with the drivers. I think that the car is just absolute this year. And then my third favorite team is kind of a tie in a sense because they're not my typical favorite teams. I just love to see them do well. So like, yeah. I, I guess I would say that like, I obviously support Red Bull more than Aston Martin because I've liked Red Bull for longer than Aston Martin, but like, I obviously don't sign on. I obviously support Aston Martin as well. I think that Aston Martin gets a lot of hate uh, since Lawrence Stroll bought the team. I think that there was a lot of- I think they're regaining the fans though. It's because they're doing well. I think that Aston Martin gets a lot of hate because Lawrence Stroll, Lance Stroll comes for money. Lance is guaranteed the seat. Yeah. In my opinion, Lance earned his way to be in Formula One. Yeah. He, I think that he missed out. I think that Lance is obviously talented. He got pulled from F3 straight into F1. He completely skipped F2. Mm. I think that that F2 experience that Lance didn't get, he's having to learn it in F1. Yeah. Which is why he, he may be performing less aggressively than like Fernando Alonso and like Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. Last year's car for Aston Martin just was not it. It was not. <laughs> it was not. It really was. <laughs> it was not it. It was not it last year. But yeah. this year they have a competitive car. They have Fernando Alonso in a driver's seat. I think that Lance gets to learn a lot differently than like other drivers because he gets that like one-on-one -on -one mentorship with his teammate because he's no other way to say this but blatantly. Lance isn't fighting for his seat. His dad's not going to fire him. Yeah, but like thing is... Like, with Stroll having, like, skipped basically F2, like, obviously, that's a bit of a... I wouldn't say it's a daddy's money move, because it wasn't. I don't think so either. Like, he he clearly is is proving himself season by season, um, and is definitely performing very well, like, especially to the different teams that he's driven for, who his different teammates have been. He's been fighting through all of that. And, like, since yeah. he's... Like, from being a rookie to now, like, he's definitely done so well for himself. It's unfortunate, though, because his rookie season was really good to him. Yeah. Like, Williams had a competitive car yeah. in the year that he uh, joined Formula One. And this was before all the regulations. This was before, like, yeah. Williams went on the decline, um, unfortunately. But, like, Lance, podium. Lance did very well in 2017 mm -hmm. and then you know the world of formula one changed again yeah and it changes every year and i think that it's either you're either at the top or you're not i mean that's the thing like some rookies will have a good season some won't but it's all on how they face it because of the way that like some teams are facing well how some drivers have faced their previous like 
rookie seasons and stuff. Some of them have done pretty well in how to cope with it all, and some just haven't because they don't have that kind of mentality yet. Like, I'm a fan of Lance. There's so much more potential that he has. Yeah. I almost feel like him being guaranteed a seat, almost, it doesn't nurture him in a sense. He doesn't have the same urgency to learn from said mistakes. I think that he does learn from his mistakes, and I think that he is harshly critical on himself, and I think Mm. that we get to see that. Yeah. Because each of these circuits are obviously very different tracks. So, like... You can't take what you learned last week and apply it this week. Yeah. Because Azerbaijan was obviously a very different track than Miami. Yeah. But like they've literally got like four sessions to learn the track until the actual yeah. full time breaks. Obviously that's where like simulator work comes in. Yeah. But I always tell people like you never really learn how to do something until you do it. And Miami yeah. is one of those tracks that like it's the second time they're ever racing in Miami. Yeah. So that track is brand new to everyone. And then with them repaving the Miami track, like the grip is different. Yeah. So like you can't even take what you thought last year. And the track was supposed to be grippier this year. And a lot of the drivers still complained about their grip on the track. So I think that that was Yeah, it's because of, I think of the weather. Because of, in, when I was in Florida, there was a lot of like tornado warnings, even though the tornadoes didn't even happen. So there were like a couple of storms, I would admit that. I think that's something else too, is that like Miami's very humid. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> like, like it's so, it's so sticky outside. Like, I, oh, it is. It's humid in Hawaii, okay? Like I, like don't get me wrong, it is very humid here. But Florida's a different kind of like. Oh, it humid. is. It's because of it's so built up still. Like, it's not as natural as Hawaii is, because Hawaii still has, like, the, like, lovely greenery, the volcanoes still and everything, and the lovely palm trees. Yet, Orlando and all that stuff is very, very built up. Um, I'm not going to lie. I I thought you just said or Lando. And I was like, what about Lando? I was, like, looking out the window. I'm like, what about Lando? (laughs) Yeah. Well, what I mean is, well, Florida is more built up. It's more of like an actual like proper city, like proper built up cities and stuff. Like when I walked out of the out of the hotel, I would have nice, nice, clean, straight hair with a tiny bit of a kink of curl because that's how my hair is naturally. And then I'll go to the park, come back to the hotel. My hair was curly as hell. And I was like, my, cu- my hair isn't even that, isn't even supposed to be that curly. Like my hair was like surfer girl hair. Like I was like, yo, I'm popping off with these curls, but... I'm gonna have to wash them out because of I'm hot and humid. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I need to wash this off. And also because of I was covered in sun cream because of obviously our spirits, we gotta protect ourselves from the sun. Everyone does. So please do cream up when uh, you have to. Please wear sunscreen, yes. even if you're indoors. <laughs> even if you're in indoors. Yeah. Did you not know that <laughs> UV rays can still come through the window? No, I don't give a damn. Even if there's no sun and there's clouds, you can still be affected by the UV rays. In the UK, that's completely different, hon. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... Obviously, it's very different in like the UK versus here. Yes. Like, the UV level in Hawaii is very strong. I'm <laughs> assuming that the UV level in the UK is low. Okay, hold on. We have gotten so far off topic, though. We're talking about all the different weathers and all the different places. It's the UK people's favorite thing to do. Let's come back. I was actually like watching the race today. I saw that it was very rare to see. They were actually had the wind, like 
how many miles per hour or kilometers per hour. <laughs> what the fuck is a kilometer? <laughs> so, like they had the amount of wind that was coming through and in what direction onto the track. And my brother was like, oh, no, that's not that's not going to affect any of the cars, is it? I'm like, yeah, it's going to affect the cars because if it's all outside, you're going to get wind all the time. I think that your brother doesn't think about it as critically as we do. Well, he doesn't see the physics, let's say. Well, he's not thinking, per se, about how it affects our job force, you know? And I had to explain that to him. I was like, let me explain to you. Bringing it back. Who was your favorite driver of the day? I mean, I have to say, probably, I don't want to be biased here. You can be biased. This is your favorite. But it's either got to be Signs or Russell. Because Russell had done really well for himself. Like the fact that he started from six and worked his way up to fourth. And the same with Hamilton. Like he was, he was very low down in P13 and worked himself up to P6. And I was like, he's done so many overtakes, undertakes as well. Oh, you know me. I love my undertakes. And seeing that many undertakes today, oh my God. I remembered why I love the sport. <laughs> okay. What was your favorite move of today? Um, it can be strategy, it can be undertake, it can be overtake, it could be undercut and overcut. What, what is your... I mean, it has to be either the really late undertakes from Russell and from Charles, or it has to be the double overtake from Verstappen on Kevin Magnussen and, and Charles. Because so he's just like, you know what, bye-bye, I'm going to go off. On a straight. Like, see you later, alligators. I'm gone. <laughs> he didn't think twice about it. He was like, yo, I'm gone. So for that move specifically, and uh, throughout the race as well, yeah. but uh, mainly because of that move, I want to say that Kevin Magnuson is my favorite driver for this Yeah. I think that K-Mag really showed us what he, like, he's reminding us of what kind of driver he is. I sat there on the couch just looking, watching the race, like, how is this possible? the multiple overtakes on Charles Leclerc. And him keeping that position for as long as he did, obviously Charles Leclerc ended up taking it, uh, yeah. taking it back. But Kevin Magnussen, he fought really hard. I'm really proud of like how he performed today. And congratulations to everyone who got one of the 10,000 coats for free Chipotle because Kevin Magnussen was in the points today. Okay, <laughs> let's all thank Kevin Magnuson and Haas. Exactly. And Chipotle. I personally don't have a Chipotle here in Hawaii, so I... Oh, we don't have one where I live either. So I didn't even try. I like. I hope that everyone who did get it appreciates it. Thanks, Kevin Magnuson, for all his hard work. Nico Hulkenberg was close, but not close enough, in my opinion, for the, the points. But uh, free Chipotle. I mean, he was nowhere close. He was nowhere close. It was five positions too far from getting in the points. It is what it is. I think it's no surprise that the uh, double overtake was also my favorite move. I think that that was just... It was chef's kiss. It was like... Oh, it was oh, chef's good. kiss, yes. I think that if Kevin Mag... <laughs> this is gonna... You're gonna hate this. I think that if Kevin Magnuson wasn't my favorite driver of the day, it would have been Max Verstappen. <laughs> you know what? Well, he was driver of the day, so hats off to him. And also, I have to also say, as much as it pains to say this, like... Hats off to him from going from whatever position he was in. He was at P9 to P1. Like, I would rather have seen him be from P20 get to P1. Like, that would have been absolutely astonishing to see. And obviously, I know that he would have accomplished it. But he did what he did today. And he got driver of the day, which he earned. 
and he even got fastest lap as well. So congrats, Max. Oh, speaking of fastest lap, kind of interesting of who oh, sets so fastest many. lap throughout. There were so many, and I'm used to it always being Max and Checo and Fernando Alonso, Charles Leclerc. Yeah. Uh, top teams, top teams. Yeah. Um, Nico Hulkenberg set a fastest lap and held it for some time. So did Lance Stroll. I was very impressed with both of them. Uh, so they will be my honorable mentions for driver of the day, uh, or at least all three of them will be. Get it, besties. Congratulations. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is all we've got time for today. We hope that you enjoyed this chaotic yet lovely first episode back as being the cozy circuit in which you can follow us more of our chaoticness on TikTok and on Instagram, both at cozy circuit. And yeah, stay tuned for more <laughs> of our content. Bye! Bye! Yeah. <laughs>